Hello, everybody. I'm Mr. P here with Mr. Dave. We are the Geeky Guys, and this is a Tea Break podcast special. It is indeed, yes. Um, I think you've got a, a guest on for us uh, this time, Mr. P, to talk about something that's uh, quite big, been popular for a number of years, and uh, we don't know loads about it. We've just had a, a little sort of foray into it over the last year or so. And uh, what is it, Mr. P? Well, it, specifically Dungeons and Dragons, but not just that. We're looking at any kind of uh, role-playing game on, on tabletop type stuff. And we're going to talk about it with uh, our guest, Selkie. Yay. Hello. Oh, thank you for hello. saying hello. Hello. Thank you for asking me here. It's nice to be here. Um, so, I mean, we, we, we talk a lot on, on here about uh, TV shows, films, um, We've we've done a little about gaming, but not not a little bit specifically about a particular genre of game. We've just talked about like retro games at one point. I think. Yeah, I and mean, we'll probably do that a bit more now. We've started having a few more games nights again, won't we? Yeah, and, and I mean, well, you, you're you're obviously a good friend of the geeky guys. You've been to our our games nights, and and, and you've hosted a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons for us and other things, which we'll come to later. But um. First of all, let's just, uh, for everyone out there, because we're still quite new, like Dave said, to, to D&D and to, right. to that style of game, really. Um, you know, Monopoly we get, uh, playing cards we get, uh, you know, can play poker, although I do remember never to play poker with you, you, you win every time. Um, I'm sure you cheat, I don't know how. But, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to play poker. No, you said that to me <laughs> last time and absolutely thrashed me. Um, Wipe the floor with you. Yeah, um, but uh, let, for those out there that don't know what D&D is, what is D&D or Dungeons & Dragons? Well, Dungeons & Dragons is a game, a role-playing game, where you have players that come to the table who assume personalities of characters, and a person who assumes the kind of storytelling position um, and takes them through the adventure. And it can be anything from combat series, or it can be problem solving, or it can be um, kind of like puzzle game type uh, maze kind of things, depending on what the story is. Uh, that's Dungeons and Dragons in a nutshell. It's a fantasy, or it can be set in any kind of plane of existence. It's limited by your own imagination. Um, and it allows people to come together and roll some dice and have some fun. Uh, really, D&D is basically a way to get together, use your creative juices, and just have a really good time with doing shenanigans and eating lots of junk food at the table. I, I like shenanigans. I like junk food. Uh, and I do well, like it sounds like I kind of gig. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, and we do we do partake occasionally in, in a little tipple as well. In fact, tonight yeah. I've actually um, I've actually got a glass of wine on the go tonight, even though it's a tea break podcast. It's not a cup of tea today, Dave. Sorry, it's a glass of wine. Well, yeah, that's all right. I've uh, I've failed on that point as well. I'm on the uh, the cola tonight on the uh, Pepsi Max Cherry. Uh-huh. Other brands are available. Other well, brands um... are available, of course. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. So. The other thing I, I just—I I thought about this as you were talking about it then, so I just—I'd point it in, point it out, just because we're in sort of a, 
quite a recent post-COVID time. Because um, D&D has just thrived throughout COVID because you can play like this on Zoom. Uh, I know you've got so I'm sure you, I think you take part in some games at the moment that you do remotely. Yes, I do. Does, yeah. does it lose anything if you're playing it remotely or is it still just as immersive as ever? It, 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 again, it depends on the people that you play with. So if it's a really good group, you know, tight group and you play online, you know, you get just as into it as you can at the table. Obviously, being at the table is a lot more fun because, you know, you're with people. But at the same time, um, I'm in a I'm in a I'm, I'm in a game at the moment where I am a player character and somebody else is uh, the DM, and it's just a bunch of girls and we get to just we have it twice a month. Um, one is in person and one is online. So the good thing is is that we you know the, the time that it's online it's during the week it's at the bottom of the day and we're all in our pajamas and then you know we just log off and then we can you know skulk off to bed but with the one that we go to and see each other in person well there's a lot of cooking involved <laughs> and there's a lot of um, lots of food um and everything so it depends on you know who, who you know who you're with and the game um i don't think it takes away there's platforms that you can use where you can keep um, the players honest if you want uh, where they have digital dice and you just click on the thing and it you know rolls for you um, I'm not going to say the you know the products because there are different products out there and I'm not going to you know but there are some that um, you know that work um, and you can get into, you can put maps on there. Um, and uh, and it, it's cool because there's tokens that you can use. And then the DM kind of moves them around, says, oh, where are you going to be moving to? Or you can move them and that kind of thing if you're technical. Um, but if you trust each other and you roll, you know, a, a real dice and you have a dice right there, and you just roll it. And if you trust each other, I can say, oh, yeah, well, I rolled a six. So that was that was pretty sucky, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So but, you know, it just depends on the people who are playing and it depends on who you're playing with. So it's I mean, for you, for you, certainly, it sounds like a quite a big social thing. It's, it, it it's as much the getting together and hanging out than it is actually playing the game. Yeah, it's the it, same at like any games night, isn't it? Especially for us, it's uh, there's a big social element to it as well, and food and drinks and things, isn't there? Yeah, well, we absolutely. literally just had uh, we literally just had our first games night of the year, didn't we, Dave? With, with, uh, we did. Came over, um, and again, we've probably spent half the night sat in, in in the lounge talking, and then obviously we've played a few games at the end there just just to start getting back into it, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think once we start doing them more regularly, then you know it's going to be more about the a lot more about the games again, isn't it? It's just the fact that because of COVID and because of people being busy and other things going off, you know, we've not seen each other as much, have we? No. But um, going back to D and D, I mean, I think for people like us that you know, as you've said, are newbies to it, I think if you've got a kind of grounding in sort of like fantasy films, in like fantasy novels, um, even potentially like fancy style like video games if you play like hero quest talisman things like that it, it gives you a bit of a, an inroad into it so you've got a bit of so you, you might not know how all the game settlement works but 
some of the sort of character and story content is kind of there and you understand things like spells and like getting XP points and things like that from playing those other games and that day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the thing about it is you're not limited to a lot of things, you know, I mean, while things happen in the games as a DM, you'll have maybe a, a campaign set out and you think it's going to go a certain way, but all of a sudden someone decides they're going to do something completely different. And then you just have to go with it, you know? Um, so you kind of all of a sudden change the game. I remember when I was a kid, um, and I mean, I got into D&D for dubious reasons. My brother was a big time geek. I was a popular and he had a bunch of friends over. And of course there was a DM and there was this one boy on there and I, I thought he was really cute, but he, he was just so shy. He wouldn't speak to me. Um, so I decided to play D&D just so I can get to know him. Anyway, being there, he started kind of, I guess, coming out of his shell and, and having, you know, just saying things. And he would throw the game way off kilter. And sometimes the DM would be like, go outside for a minute. I got to figure out what I'm going to do next because we've completely changed the game. You know, because he was trying to, I, I guess he was trying to, uh, I, I guess he was trying to be a hero, literally, you know, in the game. He was this great big paladin. Um, so it's not like a board game where you know that there's a centerpiece that you have to get to or, you know, there's an end. You don't know how it's going to end. And sometimes the DM doesn't even know how it's going to end. You have an idea of how you want it to end, but whether it ends that way, sometimes it doesn't. The, um, yeah. I'm going to go back to the basics of how it's set up to start with, because I know you, you give us that bit of an intro. So for, for those watching that, again, not, they've not really played it, so they might not realise. But what you've got, you, you mentioned a DM there, which is obviously a dungeon master. Now, that's the person who uh, narrates the players through the game, mm -hmm. uh, controls all the uh, enemies, I guess, in the game, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and gives the players the, the parameters in which they can work and operate. Yeah. Dictates the, the rules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the players themselves all take on different uh, characters within the game that all work together as a team to, to, to work through that campaign to, to the end. Yeah, ideally. Um, they all want to work together as a team. Sometimes you get some mavericks in there. They all of a sudden decide they want to be, I don't know, like a like an evil character <laughs> you don't Lone kind wolf. Of like, mm. yeah but it's up to the dm to decide whether or not they want to use that you know kind of character if you think it's going to do something good for the game you think that maybe it might help the game and make it interesting you would allow an evil character in with the rest of the characters um mm -hmm. as part of the group you know for whatever reason um but have like a mole or a traitor character exactly character. yeah yeah, and if you have something like that, it can get quite interesting or it can get quite heated. It just depends on, you know, which way you want to go. Um, for the most part, as a DM, I probably wouldn't allow it because I don't know if I could control that, you know, very well. So, again, it depends on the Dungeon Master's personality and what, the, you know, per, you know, what you want to bring out into the game. Um, my games tend to be pretty lighthearted you know, um, but there's some DMs who can go to dark places and some people like that. So that's okay too. And in terms of equipment to play the game, uh, you can go from really extravagant tabletop set pieces with <clears throat> with boards and, and walls and, all, and, and players and everything uh, and monsters 
all the way down to pretty much nothing on the table at all and just you and a notepad. That's um, right. And pen, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's how I started. That's how we started way back when, when we were playing advanced D&D, which was a lot lot less intricate than the D&D that you know, is now. And we had a grid paper, some pencils, some erasers, our character sheets, and that was it. So, you know, we sat around on the floor, you know, back in those days and oh, yeah. know, just rolled <clears throat> some dice. A couple of years ago, I actually got my my dad's, uh, my, I didn't realize my dad used to play D&D when he was younger, um, probably well, younger than I am now. Uh, and they used to go to each other's houses at night and play D&D. And I've got his original set of plastic dice <clears throat> that he played with. And this photo statted copy of, of the rules uh, that he had at the time, which is really cool to have. But just going back to the dice for a second, because uh, you mentioned earlier, you said, oh, roll a six, that's not very good. For people that didn't quite catch what you were holding up, uh, it's not just a six-sided die that you had there. That um, was a D20. You a got D20. them all, but yeah, it was a D20, wasn't it? So, yeah. So it's got, so a D whatever, D just means it's a die, and then the number after it's the amount of sides that it's got. That's right. So a D20's got 20 sides. 20 sides. So you've got everything from a D4, uh, which looks like a, you know, triangle, like a like a pyramid. Yeah. All the way up to D D20. You know, so it's, it's in increments. So you get um, the four, the six, which is a regular four-sided, you know, like, you know, yeah. cube dies. Um, and then you've got the eight-sided die, you've got the 10-sided die. Um, you get percentile dice as well, so that if you're going to roll percentiles, there's like different dice, but you don't use all of them at the same time. Again, depends on what your character is. So you, you know, a sorcerer will be using, you know, I mean, you always use a, 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 a D20, but depending on what your hit dice are, you know, what, what dice you're going to be rolling for, you know, your special powers or if, you know, you know, whatever it is that is with your, um, you know, whatever character that you get. So, okay, now I have to make sure that I do this right. But in the old way, it's races and um, class system, but they've, they're changing D&D now. So it's going to be, I think, breeds. And I can't remember if class is still the same or something like that. I still got to read the, the new rules. Uh, so, yeah. So it depends on what your race and your class is in the old way. Um, and then you would know what dice you're using to, you know, have saving, you know, dice or, you know, um, whatever you're going to be attacking with. So you mentioned character sheets a little while ago. So character sheet now me and dave have gone through this so we know what this is <clears throat> a character sheet is let me see if i remember this correctly it's a sheet that literally has all what your abilities are got your character but also you you can roll for what strength things are uh and what, ability, what strength your abilities are and you can be yeah. rated is that right that's right so you get the main ones which is like uh you got your strength your charisma um your, your your wisdom, your intelligence, your dexterity. Um, and and then um, and, and the, the character sheets can look all kinds of different. you know there's there's so many different kinds of character sheets, but as long as it has that main stuff on there, um, like looking at the character sheet right now that I've got, uh, you know so as long as you have your strength, your dexterity, your constitution, 
And constitution just means is, you know, how tough you are, how, how healthy you are, how robust you are, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And then underneath that, you get all your skills. So skills can be, you know, everything from like, you know, acrobatics or, you know, your, if you have um, skills in medicine. So if you're like a cleric, you might have skills in medicine. Nature, if you're a druid, you'll have that for sure. You know, performance, if you're a bard, you know, um, persuasion, you know, any character that has charisma can you know use persuasion or they can turn around and intimidate. So, you know, it, it, there's a bunch of different skills that are on there and depending on your, again, the old style race and class, you know, would determine what kind of skills that you come with, you know, um, and then depending on what level you're at, you know, they can climb, you know, or they do climb, uh, and depending on which character you are, you have to look at the playbook to see, you know, where it fits there. Uh, it sounds intricate, but it really is, isn't when you start playing it for a while. You start getting into kind of... If someone starts looking at the books connected to D&D, I think they could get completely swamped because there's so many. It would be best to yeah. start with just a standard introduction book with a nice, simple little campaign and, and work your way through it. And I think as, as a base level, that's probably... Uh, that's yeah, which is what we did, isn't it? Which is what we yeah. did. And I, I think the... Um, I mean, talking about sort of, you know, if there is any sort of barriers to entry with D&D, uh, &D, I think the only thing we had was that, like, you know, we always struggle to get people together like often enough, don't we? So it was always like, can we do it in like, can we do it once a month or do we need to do it more regularly? And I think we were always kind of worried that it was going to take us forever to get through a campaign. Yeah, I mean, there's there's other ways around that too. You can do a series of one shots. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to do a whole campaign. I've been on yeah, campaigns I suppose you can make where... the game as short or as long as you like, can't you? Absolutely. I mean, I was just on a game this last weekend and it was interesting because it was all the D&D &D rules for um, edition five. However, it was set in Nottingham and we were right. all we all kind of took things and, and she was using, you know, like Woolerton Hall. And yeah. it was it was great. Uh, you know, it was like night in the museum kind of thing. And, you know, I played a barbarian in that one um, that was somebody who liked to go and get job seekers allowance <laughs> and, and spent his time literally at rock city most of the time and was kind of a bouncer kind of guy and then you had like an art teacher and she was more of a you know a sorceress and yeah it, it was it was it was amazing um so it was a, a bit like if, if nottingham ended up at the end of the world and yeah. everyone had all these abilities what would happen totally magical you know because we were you know kind of we had this 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 way that we kind of turned into we we like inherited powers somehow uh, and it was great because as soon as i walked through um like some doors and i all of a sudden could see people for who they really were some people were walking around with magic powers and nobody knew it because when you were just a muggle you didn't know type of thing you know and that was quite interesting. So we started at 12 o'clock in the afternoon after we had made our pizzas and eaten. And then we played all the way down through. And I think I got home about nine o'clock at night or something like right. that. So it was a whole day. Uh, that, was, that was a one shot. It was a one shot. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. So we, we've we've played a, a one shot game um, it, with you there as well. That this wasn't D and D. This was the the Star Trek uh, Star Trek RPG, wasn't it? RPG. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk briefly because that kind of style of game, the, the tabletop dice roll type uh, narrated game, if you like. Um, there, there's different uh, different types. Uh, that yeah. are branded differently. Um, so Star Trek's one of them. I assume there's a Star Wars one as well. Uh, there is. Um, no doubt. There's now, a there's Firefly a... one too. <laughs> is there a Firefly one? Right. Yes, we there is. We are definitely having to go with the Firefly one. Get um, the books and I'll run it for you. But um... I mean, there's loads when you think about it. There's there's Harry Potter, there's Lord of the Rings, the Witcher universe. How good yeah. would that be for D&D? I mean, Games Workshop even has one, uh, like Warhammer. There was there, there used to be a yeah. RPG for that one. Um, I mean, there's so many different systems out there. Atomic Highway, Pathfinder. Um, oh well, gosh, is is there any is there lots of big differences between these different games? I mean, yes, it's themed. So I know that we we played the Star Trek one, and we get that obviously. I mean, we we love that one because our knowledge of Star Trek is quite great, whereas our knowledge of Monsters and, and 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 you know arts and things is not sorcery and yeah. Dark arts so for us that was really interesting because we were able to able to engage with it a lot a lot easier. Uh, but in terms of the way it's you you narrate through through the story and the way you use use die to 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 um, to say whether you can do things or not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that is loosely the same. It is, yeah. I mean. When you think about it, all it is, it's, it's a story. And then you get to a point where there's a bit of, um, you know, like maybe peril or something that you're going to have to roll and you're going to have to beat the roll to be able to um, either, you know, attack something. So, you know, say that you have to roll higher than a 12 to be able to do a thing, you know, all of them follow the same kind of, you know, measure i mean there's even a, a role-playing game that uses jenga you don't even use dice you just there's a story they narrate the story and so that you know if if you encounter some kind of peril you have to take a jenga block out and that it, it was beautiful because you're combining the same thing storytelling uh you know a, a, a character and what you would do, and then you'll be like, well, I'm going to try to, you know, jump, you know, to another rock. Okay, we'll see if you can do it. You take something out. And it, it oh, my goodness, that tower was so tall. And it was, it, it was a, it was a, a horror based, um, you know, RPG. So the horror was at, with the peril of taking the Jenga ba- game, and it really fired you up. It was amazing. I actually survived that one. And to, and I, I basically, you know, did it, you know, by taking a brick out and the next person next to me, they took the wrong brick out. I made it perilous for them and, you know, they got killed and I got off. I assume I mean meant that the further you went through the game, the more perilous it became. Oh, gosh, it was yeah. just because you mm-hmm. kept taking bricks out and the level of tension that you started to feel was you might as well have been in that kind of peril, you know, uh, and it's just Jenga, <laughs> you know, it's just Jenga, you know, but 
yeah, you can play RPGs in, in so many different ways. Uh, so that was one of them. We're going to um, take a slight segue now into our first feature because here on uh, Tea Break, uh, we do have um, uh, two features on our guest uh, podcast. The first one is called Geeky Guys Favourites. And it's where normally me and Dave ask each other what our favourite of a particular thing is. But when we have a guest, we like to ask you instead. We do. Yes. And when we have a guest, you get a choice on my magic card of a number between, oh, well, I say between one and three. That's not technically true because that'd make it two. But you can pick one, two, or three, and I will give you your geeky guy's favorite question. Okay. I choose two. Two. You were going to go with two anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. It's a nice, simple one. So it's, um, in D&D, so obviously this is a nice strength. Um, to play, what is your favorite type of character to play? So what uh, race would you call it? Right, so... You have to I... tell us why though as well. You can't just say it's that one. Okay, so I love to play um, a chaotic neutral, elven, probably a draw, which is... A not very nice elf um, and sorcerer because fireball, <laughs> you know, <laughs> magic missile, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. That's my favorite kind of um, character to play because chaotic neutral means that I might do something just for the good of myself and that's okay. I can be selfish as I want. Um, and it's just fun to play because you're not wrapped into goody goody. I mean, I also play a paladin, which is fun to play because I'm a tank and I get to be virtuous. But it's not as fun as playing a chaotic neutral character, especially a drow who's, you know, not liked anyway by other elves um, and likes to cause some shenanigans. When you say chaotic neutral, um, obviously me and Dave have got a little bit of insight into what that means, but for people yeah. that aren't, aren't watching, uh, there are different, uh, there's an array of, of these. Uh, alignments. Alignments, thank you. And it kind of, uh, it, it's kind of where you are in terms of how good or bad you are, I guess. Is that yes, right? That's right. So it goes from, you know, a lawful good character, which would be probably your paladin. However, you can play a paladin that's lawful evil, you know. Um, they just worship a different kind of god <laughs> type of thing. Um, but it's so strict. So then you've got your good and then you've got your, you know, evil and then you've got your chaotic characters um, and neutral characters. And you can mix them so it's like chaotic neutral or chaotic good, chaotic evil. Um, I think a lot of it has changed. And I think it is changing. Again, I got to read the new rules because D&D is changing a bit. Briefly touch on that for a moment and only for a brief moment. So uh, the rules are changing. And not the gameplay. The gameplay right. from what I saw is still the same. You still, you know, do an adventure. You still roll for things and, you know, you proceed that way. So is it just terminology that's changing? I think terminology and um, like, again, I, I need to read some more on it, uh, but 
terminology is changing because I guess it, instead of saying, you know, a race, I think some people took opposition to that, the kind of breeds of, you know, people or things or okay. you know, folk or so whatever. Some of the, some of the aspects of, of, of the terminology is changing potentially because of political correctness is what we're saying. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Let's I don't not like to get political. That anymore because if we start doing that, we're going to upset somebody. Yeah. Um, uh, and we don't want to do that. Uh, yes, we'll get letters. We'll get yeah, letters. No. We'll get letters. No, it's uh, okay. You know, we won't get letters to... at the moment, Dave, because Royal Mail don't prioritise letters, they prioritise oh. parcels. The government select committee the other day on YouTube and it was hilarious. But anyway, let's not go into yes. that either. When, um, when you think of gameplay, you know, I mean, again, looking at things like alignment, it's just fun, you know, and I think yeah. that's one of the things that, you know, this kind of game, although it's set, you can set it in a political structure, you know, you can have political intrigue, but it, it, it shouldn't be about politics. It should just be about a bunch of people getting together and having a bunch of fun, creating, you know, make-believe, Yeah, you know? Yeah, that'd be the problem if they did the mix of D and D and Game of Thrones. It'd suddenly get all political, wouldn't it? About uh, who's getting the Iron Throne and everybody against each other. Oh, that would be a good one. You know, it'd I'm be sure. good fun. Yeah, it would be a lot of. <laughs> Might fun get a bit political though. Yeah, yeah, but then you can go back to being, you know, whatever you are in life. <laughs> yeah, true, very true. I, I was going to bring this in a little bit later, but being as you just kind of meant, touched on it very briefly, there, let's do this now. So you did say that you so you sort of when you play this game, it, it's it's nice and it's fun and it's cool because you can become somebody else. Yeah. So you can you can get uh, you can you can create this character, and almost it, it's a form of expression, I suppose. And I suppose and you mentioned it when you talked about the, when you were younger. You know, you got a player there who, who a little bit of an introvert maybe and, and not very good in social and get uh, social. Um, uh, situations so there's i mean when we're doing the research for this one of the questions that was asked on some of the research i looked at was is dnd good for mental health now obviously the answer is gonna have to be yes isn't it because not only is it a, a, a social tool but it's um it allows people to sort of forget their problems for a while I suppose. yeah it's an escape isn't it escape yeah, into a different yeah, realm escape, into a different world they're not yeah. they're a different person different character it yeah. also gives you yeah. a chance to tap into some inner creativity so that you can create and when you create that makes you feel good you know because all of a sudden you know you might feel like you know you're kind of downtrodden in life or something didn't go well in your you know last you know meeting or your PowerPoint presentation blew up or something like that. But then you come to D&D &D and all of a sudden you roll some dice and you get like this natural 20 and all of a sudden you take your big old sword and you kill the dragon. Wow, you know, that's great, you know, and you, for it, it's almost like you get a, a, a blast of endorphins, you know, but not just that, you come together with some other people and you're acting as a team to get something done. And it's kind of nice to feel that kind of unity and you feel a kind of belonging um, so that's good as well, you know, especially if you're with a, a really good group of people and you just get together and create, um, it opens up and you can explore parts of yourself that, you know, you might not know were there. 
And once you do that, you start seeing life in a different way. And um, I mean, from, yeah, from, from the experience, the limited experience that I've had, uh, both doing D&D with you and, and, and the Star Trek game, because you, you, you came over to Geeky Guys HQ uh, and, and you brought people that I'd never met before. So it, apart from me and Dave and you, they, they were completely strangers. And obviously you took part in games where you've gone and it's been people you don't know. And it seems to me to be the sort of, uh, the, I'm, I'm going to stereotype it in a nice way, I guess, you can do that. Um, it, it seems yeah, to me like the type of people that play D&D are pretty much the like-minded people of what you're saying. They're people that are just open to having a bit of fun, playing a game, really having a really nice social experience, uh, having fun. Um, is that your? Is that been most part your experience? I'm sure there's always an exception to the rule, but for the most part. For the most part, yeah. I mean... I got together with a group and it wasn't just D&D, it was, it was Pathfinder at the time. And it was such a great group, you know? I mean, we had the best fun. Um, it was a great DM and it was just, we, we just we just got up to all kinds of, you know, weirdnesses that, you know, that you wouldn't, you know, get into. And I didn't know any of them before I started, you know, I just kind of kind of walked into a store one day and they're like, have you ever played Pathfinder? I was like, let me try. And I just kind of sat at the game and that was it. It was, it was, it was fun. Um, but yeah, sometimes you, you meet some people, you all click and you get along, you know, sometimes it doesn't go that way and that's okay. You know, you keep going because you love the game. Um, and then you ultimately do find your tribe at one point or another. Uh, and, and then the storytelling can get great. Sometimes there's lapses in, in between and you all start to miss the game. But then when you get together, you realize how much you've missed each other and you just start to play and it just feels great. So yeah, um, for the most part, that's what I found. You know, you just, you, you find a lot of people who are in this the same kind of geek that you are, you know, and you like to create and just make, just a different world and be a different person and just kind of have a laugh. It's great. If, if there's someone out there that's kind of, you know, they're watching this because they saw it was about D&D and they, they were curious about what it was. They've always thought about playing it, but they may be a bit shy. They don't quite know where to go to find uh, games to, to join or whether in person or online. Is, is there some way they can go to actually, is there the communities online that they can engage with? There are communities online. I mean, Discord is, you know, got a lot of them. Um, sometimes if you get on Twitter as well, you know, you, you, you meet, I mean, if you follow the, you know, the hashtag RPG or hashtag TTRPG, tabletop, you know, role-playing game, you know, you'll find the community or you'll just, you know, hashtag D&D, you know, and you start, you know, talking to people. So if you can find online, you know, sources, Discord has a lot of them. You just, you know, they're out there. I know that Facebook has groups, um, you know, D&D groups, and you can get in there and, you know, you can get together with people and have games all over the world, you know. Um, I know a guy who, who, who plays, and he, it's good because he gets to, you know, he, he doesn't finish work till really late. So he plays after work, but that means he gets to play with a bunch of Australians and Americans. Uh, I'm in the UK, by the way, so for, for your listeners, which is weird because, you know, I don't sound like I'm from Sutton. 
You're not. No. no. You're not from Kansas either. No. You're from Texas. 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 Yeah, yeah but, but I'm British now. So. Well, I'm from Gallifrey. It's just, it's just how it falls, really. Um, That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so going back to what you said there about like people, um, <clears throat> you know, looking for groups to get involved with in, in games, you tend to find that, you know, when you do speak to, you know, they, those kind of gamers on, like you said, Discord and Twitter and Facebook, they, they are pretty inclusive, quite, you know, nice, kind, decent people, vast majority of the time. So you can probably find yourself in a group quite easily once you start getting to stalking to people and getting out there in those communities. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of times when you come in, you say, I'm completely new, I want to learn. I mean, someone's going to take you under their wing. It's going to be great, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, and then and then you know you you can you can just watch YouTube and kind of like learn how to play by watching guys learn you know playing on YouTube yeah. and and you kind of understand the gameplay. Um, and there's some great ones out there. Uh, there's some great podcasts too that are just D and D specific, and you can get on to those or you can listen to those. Uh, both about how to play the game and the other ones where you're listening to people playing the game, which is quite fun because then you hear all the shenanigans they get up to. Um, and just, it, it, it becomes a laugh or, you know, it's great. So, um, but like I said, you know, I was new here. I just walked into a store. I asked the guy, the guy said, yeah, sit at our table. You'll be great. You know, and it was, it just went from there. I think it's having a bit of a, um, in recent times, it's had a bit of a resurgence, what with uh, them playing it on the Big Bang Theory. Um, and it then you've got cool. things like Stranger Things, like retro sort of 70s and 80s. And, you know, sort of role-playing games have been, you know, quite at the, the forefront of a lot of those sort of TV shows and, and films. So I think it, it's sort of been pushed forward again uh, recently, I reckon, as well. The funny thing is, is I, you know, I remember when D and D was like, oh gosh, you know, you're a devil worshiper and that kind of thing. And uh, like I said, I was a popular, so I didn't even tell my friends I played D and D. You know, my my brother was a nerd; he went to a different school, so I was like, oh, you know, I can pretend like I'm grounded and just play D and D, which I did a lot. And people thought I was a really bad kid because I was always grounded, but I was always rolling dice, and they didn't know that. And then it got cool to, to play D&D, you know, and, you know, that that's that's even better, you know, because now it's kind of cool to be a nerd or a geek or whatever. We, we, yeah, it's like David Tennant says, isn't it? Geeks have yeah. taken over the world. Yeah, we said this a few times in the past couple of years, haven't we, Dave? I mean, mm. due to maybe the comic book movies, it's been it's become cool to be geeky. And, and uh yeah, you, know, you only have to look at the revenue taken by some of those studios, things like Marvel, uh, to know to to realise that geek is cool again. Um, so, I, I know I'm just talking about the fact that you know, talking about a long time ago, uh, like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, 1974, I think it first came out. Um, I think it, yeah, it, it came was out 1974, and um, it, uh, Gary uh, G. Gax and Dave Amerson, wasn't it? Apparently, yeah. So it's been going a long time. A long time, yeah. Um, and it's had so many different reiterations, but the basic gameplay is the same. I mean, there's going to be rules lawyers out there who know yeah. it back and front, you know. The basic uh, gist there is if it's not broke, don't fix it, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're going to slip uh, quickly into our second feature, which 
again we always do, which is uh, called Geeky Guys. Did you know? And Did this you know? is where normally me and Dave try and pick a piece of trivia and out trivia each other to, to, for something that we don't know. But when we have a guest, <clears throat> yeah, we like to better invite... when we out trivia the guest. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, we like to um, invite our guest. To, to give us a little bit of trivia about uh, what we're talking about, in this case, D&D. &D. Uh, before we do that, I'm happy to, I'm going to give you a little bit that I found, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, now, whether this is right or not, I don't know. So I might get letters, but we'll see. But according to this, we said that D&D &D had been going for a long time, since 1974. Apparently, the longest game recorded, uh, as of 2022, was still being played and it was started in 1982. It's been going for 40, you know this, you're smiling, 40 years and um, was hosted by, we've lost Selkie though, I hope she'll come back in just a second. It was hosted by a, a guy called Robert A. Uh, Wardour. Now he's a Canadian historian, Dave, uh, and he's, he's the host of the longest uninterrupted Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Now, yeah. whether that's that right, or I don't know, but 40 years on one campaign. And we ought to just point out that a campaign is a story, basically. Yeah, so that's it's, right. Yeah. You start, you go through it, and you get to the end. And, and that's yeah. a campaign. But a campaign can last over. Uh, uh, Selkie talked there about a, a one shot. Now, yeah. a one shot is uh, you play in one go. So you sit down, you play the one shot, and then you finish in one sitting. Yeah. But the campaign can last over several sittings. So if you've got your mates together, like well, we did one evening, uh, yeah. they sit down, we you know, start at half seven, finish at like midnight or whatever. That might be just one part. Uh, and the one yeah, we did exactly. when we did D&D &D was the first one, uh, and we didn't actually finish our story because we've not no. got to the end of that campaign yet. So, but so that's what he's been doing. He's been doing a little bit of the story each time they sit down. Ah, uh, right, to detail on the bit I've got here as to whether yeah. it's um, whether it's uh, just just one one night a week or once a month or just twice right. a year or whatever. But um, yeah, so that's that's what a, a campaign is like—a a full story and uh, yeah. you can split it up into sittings. Uh, yeah, we really enjoyed right. it, didn't we, Dave? Actually, playing. Uh, we did, yeah. I, th I think, like, like I said earlier, I think the only reason that we've not played it before was kind of getting enough people together regular enough to get through a campaign. And I, th I think, yeah. you know, we'd not even heard about one shots uh, or anything at the time, no. and you know, and we I just think... thought, oh, we'll never get through it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was that that for us that was the problem. But but still, yeah. oh, you're back. Hello. Sorry about that. My no, my okay. phone died. We so lost you. Yeah, my phone died, so I scrambled to get on my iPad. Sorry about that. Oh, that's fine. You're back with us. It's all good. Uh, I was just saying, actually, yeah, so the, the longest running game, uh, apparently, is it's been going 40 years. Uh, I, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, I know, but Robert A. Wardour, I think it is, and he's a Canadian historian. He's known for, for as the host of the longest uninterrupted Dungeons & Dragons campaign as of 2022. And we were just talking there, actually, about the fact that when I say campaign, because you mentioned earlier, we talked about one shots. We were just saying that a campaign is more of a story that starts and then you go through it and then it ends. Whereas, so, but you can do those over several sittings. So a one shot is where you sit down in one go, you sit down, you play the game, you go away, and you've, you've, you've done that 
that story. Whereas you can play a campaign like he's doing over lots of sittings where you just do a little bit of it, then you take a break, you come back to it next time and carry on. That's right. Um, which is your favourite, just, just, just out of curiosity? You out of the one? Abyss. Sorry? Out of the Abyss is, has been my favourite uh, campaign to date. Sorry, no, I meant, do you, do you prefer sitting down to do a one-shot or do you prefer to do a... Oh, <laughs> like, out of the Abyss. <laughs> um, uh, woo! Um, I think I prefer, I mean, I like one-shots, don't get me wrong, they're fun and they're quick. And, you know, it's like a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about commitment and I kind of really like having, you know, a, a proper campaign, you know, yeah. that you get to go through. Um, and there's many, many sittings. It's, it's. Is that because of the anticipation of all oh, what's going to happen next? Yeah. You know, it, you know, that it's, it's going to last and, you know, you don't know which way you're, it's going to go. You don't know how the story is going to unfold. I mean, it's like, think about a really good series that you, you're in, you know, like you're watching a, a really good series and you don't want it to end, you know, and you just keep going. I mean, a movie's great. You sit down and then, about you know, 90 minutes later, you're like, oh, that was lovely, you know. But when you have a series, it's like, oh, my God, you cooked another one. And then you get another season. Whoa, you know. And it's great. Unless you're on Netflix, you get two series and then you don't get any more. That's it. <laughs> Let's not even go oh, with yeah. Firefly. Let's not even bring that one up. Ever, Netflix never give you a third series. Um, no. uh, yeah, and let's not even talk about Firefly. It's still a sore point, and it will be a sore point until the day everybody who thinks it's a sore point dies, and then they'll haunt everybody so they know it's a sore point. That's right. Yes, indeed. So, Shall I that, uh, give you my yeah, bit of uh, yes. trivia? Yes, go for it, Dave. Um, so obviously, we said earlier on about the um, the game first being published and starting off in 1974, um, yeah. but it was uh, originally derived from um, miniature war games. Um, and the variation of uh, the 1971 game Chainmail um, was used for the initial rule system uh, for D&D. So it's, so it's kind of had its beginnings sort of three years earlier. Yeah. It's even older than that than what we got. Wow, I did not even know that. I I only know that because uh, being being getting ready for this uh, uh, this podcast, me and Dave obviously uh, we we shared the same notes. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of the time we do. Don't we? we do, yeah, we do. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's our two little uh, tidbits of information there. Oh, let's do some more. Yeah, well, you know, people like them. Let's make more, Let's make more of them. That's exactly. our own partridge impersonation. So, this is quite a good one. In, uh, it certainly is. Uh, in the current edition of Dungeons & Dragons, the fifth edition, uh, players have 13 classes to choose from when creating their characters, each having several subclasses to choose from. However, in the earliest days of D&D, players had less than half of that many options with only three classes available. Uh, fighting, fighting man, magic user, and cleric. You've that's got right. Choice these days. I suppose that's, in... the, that's the beauty of the game, though. Like we said earlier, it can grow and, and evolve, such as the different versions. You know, the Star Trek, Star Wars, and so on. And in the first edition, all characters were human by default. Yeah, you couldn't even you couldn't even play that you were a different, um, you know, like an elf or anything like that. And finally, yeah. it came out that you could, and then you could play half else and and that kind of thing um well D, D came out in 74 
When did um, Lord of the Rings get published, Dave? You must know this. Oh, that's... Uh, Ooh, was that, that was the 30s, 40s or something? I'm, I'm sure know, it was God. like... I thought it was like something like 52 or something like yeah. that. But... So, I knew you knew it was in my head. So, so yeah, so I mean, so so these kind of characters have been around for a long time, you know, even, even before, before so, yeah. that before kind of that, yeah. So it, it's it's interesting that they weren't involved in, in the game to start with. You'd think, I don't know, maybe, maybe they were inspired by it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of like legends out there, you know, and um, if, if you're really going to get into it, you know. There's a lot of like old pagan religions and stuff like that, and and in in Sweden and stuff, they still believe in trolls and you know that the, the, there's trolls out there, you know, fairies and all sorts. So, yeah, it just the golems. There's always been these golems, stories. Golems, golems yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, I know a few things. <clears throat> My memory palace is still kicking in and working. Still operating. You. Still operating. Yeah. You know so, what's 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 interesting now is that not only can you just use one class, you can multi-class. I mean, you can do all sorts. You can make some really, really like mad, crazy, powerful, you know, characters, and you get to a point where you can you can take on an extra class and you can multi-class. And I haven't done that, but I know somebody who has, and boy, he can he he really reads the, the the book and comes up with some really, really interesting things. And it's just outrageous, you know, the kind of characters that he can create and then play them. Um, someday I hope I'm a fly at their table so I can watch. Selkie, what's your piece of trivia for us about? You know what? <laughs> My pieces, I, I don't think I have anything good. Um, I, there's like uh, okay so there are um, what do you call it uh, like Hollywood people that actually play D&D that like to play D&D and you know they, they came out and uh, they were on Critical Role I think it was Critical Role uh, and I didn't know but just for those people that don't know what's Critical Role Critical Role is a uh, is is you can get it on YouTube, um, and it's a bunch of people playing D and D. But they have a really cool game master who does the voices and all sorts. And um, it's like yeah. a web based show. It is, yeah. And um, you can watch them playing, and it's 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 interesting because you know you're you're listening to the story, but you're also watching the players play their characters. So it's almost like you're watching the story develop with the characters so it can get quite good um but Dwayne the Rock Johnson he gets into it that's my really? biggest piece. yes he plays yeah I did not know that that's good mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, I that I bet Henry Carville does as well that one we was, I was just about to say me and Dave are quite well aware that Henry Cavill is uh is a big geek he's a big shopper. Warhammer man isn't he yeah he came to to Warhammer and, and had a look around, and he's doing is uh, doing the TV series uh, Warhammer. Um, he is. Uh, is it slated for next year? I think. Um, yeah, because once that whole palaver of uh, not being Superman anymore, which I'm not going to talk about, cause that is a sore point. Um, and they're not being the Witcher anymore either. Yeah, he can stop doing the Witcher to do Superman, and then yeah. Anyway, never mind. Yeah. Um, hey, you, that's another you podcast. You guys should come with me, and we can go watch the D and D movie that's coming out. At uh, I think it's either the end of March or the beginning of April or something like that. 
Sounds like um, a plan. We're there. It's a movie. That would be so cool. Yeah. We are absolutely there. Uh, and we'll do a uh, we'll do a uh, movie review video afterwards. Put that I do remember the they made a Dungeons and Dragons movie in like the early two thousands. I think it well, was. That was uh, pretty better. poor. Yeah, this is this is going to be much <laughs> yeah. better. Much. Better. There was also an animated TV show. I think wasn't there. Yes, there was. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. I'll be a yeah. guide in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Um, good Dave, that was really good do it again I'm not going to do it again so I won't do it as good second time I mean, no, that was so good actually, I was wrong yeah so um, I invite you to come with me to watch Dungeons and Dragons that'll be great we accept, we absolutely um, make it so <laughs> no, we'll make um, a video about it yes, and, and do a video in fact because that's what we do um so I, I think, look, we've we basically touched, I think, on most things D&D in terms of a, a, quick, a quick dip into what D&D is. Um, we, we've talked about roughly what the gameplay, kind of how it works. We've talked about the fact that, you know, you've got a varied array of die, uh, dice, um, like, like that one that you're holding there. And I was going to grab, um, Selkie actually gifted me a D20 quite a few years ago. Uh, I remember seeing it. D20. Sorry, Dave. I say I remember seeing it. I've seen yes. D20. And, um, I dug it out for, for this. Now, I, I've not got it with me now, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very nice as I dug it out to, to show. But uh, I, yeah, it's uh, still one of my prized possessions, I have to say. Um, and the other thing uh, I don't difficult to say is, well, D&D's been a big influence on uh, like the RPG video games as well, which is its whole, whole genre. And, you know, that's popular and they're still making um really big really expensive rpg video games that they're spending as much on them as they do on movies um you know so that's had a, a massive influence into those as well yeah absolutely um the 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 fact of the matter is that this this conversation was about what is dnd and, and rpg games and and, and why are they so popular? And I think we've pretty much answered that by saying, um, I'll say they're simple to play. Um, you know, sometimes the rules can be, you know, you need to get used to them, I suppose. But the actual yeah. the actual process, the actual gameplay is fairly simple. You can take it anywhere. Anyone can get involved at any level. And, um, and it's good we talked about the mental health issue. So if you've got... You know issues with with um, being in social. Uh, you know if you've got any anxiety, uh, and I can't get all my words out now at all. Um, <clears throat> any kind of social anxiety or you know uh, or, or shyness. Uh, it's it's just, it's nice if you can find a good group. It's a nice way of uh, you know becoming yeah, someone like, else. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're saying. It's the social aspect, the creative aspect that Saki was on about earlier. Um, you know, getting with people, going, escaping from the real world and being a, a different person and doing some great things over a one shot or a campaign and, um, you know, making friends with new people potentially. And, yeah, I think there's, there's just a, a lot of uh, good positive things that can come out of it, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, and, and I suppose in terms of cost, because we don't normally talk about cost when we talk about TV and films, but when talking about no. games, this is there is a cost aspect. Well, I would assume it's quite minimal uh, for someone coming in because if you're going to join someone else's game, 
then all you would need to bring, I suppose, is yourself. I'm assuming they'll have spare dice and that kind of thing. And they'll bring oh, you yeah. In. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last time yeah, the you... last time we played, uh, we did have the big dish of dice uh, on the table. Yeah. Notepad and pen. Yeah. yeah. Or today. Um, yeah, usually, especially if you have a DM that comes with, you know, I mean, they'll bring their, you know, player handbook. Because what you need is a player handbook if you're a player. And oftentimes you could just share it with somebody else. There's also online versions that you could just kind of download and you've got the basics there. But usually you just kind of share the same player handbook. I think when we were kids, we had one and we kept passing it along you know, to each other. Uh, and then, of course, the DM comes in with their DM you know, guide. And then there's all these other things that they can buy. There's the campaign books. Um, oh, there's just loads. There's so many resources out there. Um, and then you've got the digital resources as well. I mean, D&D Beyond is um, a really good resource. And you can make character sheets on the D&D and Beyond, and you can just print that out. And you don't have to pay for those. I mean, you, you know, you do have a subscription rate if you start wanting to, you know, create a, a, a bunch of them or run a game on D&D Beyond. But for the most part, you don't have to really you know, spend a lot of money. So you, uh, you don't. Into... Sorry, go on. Oh, I said you don't even need miniatures, really. I mean, people like to play with miniatures, but sometimes, I mean, I remember playing with you know salt and pepper shakers, you know, just to show where you were on 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 the you know on on the battle sheet, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think we used a Teletubby once, <laughs> you know, but. Um, a lot of times you don't even need that. You're just sitting around the table and everything's going on in your brain. Yeah, yeah. We, we played we played a game uh, of zombies the other day at games night, and we ran out of, uh, of counters for for difficulty. We had a few people there, so we I ended up using a 3D printed uh, monster. Ghost from Pac-Man. Ghost from Pac-Man. Uh, and a lot Inspired. of 3D printers have have that's like the it comes with them as the as the like the practice the, one of the default ones. And I little Pac-Man, a 3D printed Pac-Man uh, ghost running around. That's quite funny and zombies. Pac-Man versus zombies. There's a film in that. <laughs> yeah, somebody will make it. If you don't make it, Sky will. Uh, uh, that's the, the other, other one. Um, I gotta so make yeah, it to one of your games sites. I really do. <laughs> The point I'm coming, I'm coming to here because I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up now uh, is that you, you can come into D&D uh, and, and you can spend a lot of money or you can spend hardly anything, it, it, you know, depending um, what game you come into. Uh, it's open to all and there are places online, as we've talked about, that you can uh, you can access it. Uh, so th there's not really a lot of negative about this game, really. No, I, I, wouldn't, I don't think so. No, I mean... I think the only negative would be maybe, you know, the, the time spent. Um, sometimes you can't all get together because everybody's got, you know, different lives, you know, babies on the way or, you know, not understanding partners, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, jobs, you know, I think that's the only negative is just trying to carve out that time. But, hey, you know, people get together just to go to the pub and, you know, have a bit of a chinwag. Why not get together? With a bunch of beers and no, no, no. D &D. Why not do both things at once? Why not exactly. get together, go to the pub, and play D and D at the there pub? There you go. We can do yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, we can actually start at the pub. I quite regularly go to the pub with my parents, and uh, they, my dad will take his rucksack, and in there he's got 
past the pigs, rummy cub, uh, some some card games. So we quite often end up on that second bottle of wine after dinner with with you know with uh, with games out all over the table, um, yeah. uh, and that's always good fun. So yeah, D and D at the pub. That's that's. I mean, no idea. Any games that? at the pub, it's it's all good, isn't it? And the funny thing is, a lot of the D and D is just, you start out in a tavern. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, I've really enjoyed talking about this. This is really cool. And I really wanted to spend a lot more time talking about the Star Trek version because I was really big Star Trek fans. And we didn't really get around to doing that properly. But um, maybe another time we'll do another catch up and, and, and talk about specific uh, spin-offs, if you like. Different that. spin-offs of it, yeah. That might be quite cool. But in the meantime, Selkie, thank you so much for popping on twice. Thank you. <laughs> and, twice. <laughs> And, and talking to us, and, um, yeah. Any any words of wisdom for any uh, anybody out there in terms of wanting to get into D and D or just do it? Is that? Yeah, just do it. And if you want to, sometimes it's uh, some sometimes people think that you have to understand the whole game just to play. You don't. You know, as long as you have a good storyteller who can you know understand the kind of game play, a lot of times characters come in with the knowledge of their characters but there's so many rules out there and unless you're a rules lawyer because there are some you know um it's it's okay to say wait um let me just check real quick let me check the book real quick you know give me five minutes and then you go in and, and i guess ask if you're if you're around the table there i mean you know whoever's controlling the game is there to ensure that you you have a good time playing the game so right. you can ask them can i do this or can i not do this uh, and, and if you come in, I'm, I'm sure your team... And then I'll say the follow-on question, why can't I do this? Yeah. Or how can I do this? I wouldn't think I'd be able to, but I can. I think a good dungeon master would say, yeah, you could try, roll for it. <laughs> no, Mr. P. Yes, I've done oh, it. This no, did not magically allowed. appear. Unfortunately. House rules, you're not allowed. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Dave, any, any last uh, remarks? Um, no, I think it's just if, if anybody's got any inkling um, towards D&D or even if, like I said earlier, they're just a big fan of, of the fantasy genre and, you know, of quests and things like that, um, D&D might be worth a look. Um, so it's going to hit all those marks, you know, that you're already into, already interested in. And like we said, you you know, it might be to group of good people, get some new friends and have some uh, good evenings or afternoons out. I think Absolutely. the only thing I would I would... Excuse me. Throw in there right at the end. Excuse me. Just to finish, is that um, if you're not really into the fantasy and and, and you know and, and the elves and the wizards, then maybe yeah. you're into Star Trek or Star Wars or Firefly. Then pick one of those games instead and and do one of the themed games. You know, the, yeah. the basic bones of the game is essentially the same. Um, it's it's just different meat on there, isn't it? And it's That's still. So you get to go through this narrated thing, like we did uh, not too long back. You know, we went on an away mission together, and being Star Trek fans, I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah. The fact I survived is even better. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, at the moment you've got sort of what's just occurred to me is you, you've got like this post-apocalyptic world thing is sort of quite big and trending at the moment, the end of the world and zombies and all that. Like, there's no reason why you couldn't have that kind of themed D and D RPG yeah. type game. So and there are some in that kind like of that. world. That's right. There are some RPGs already like that that you can play. Atomic uh, Highway is one. 
know. But it seems though you can you correct me on this if I'm wrong, uh, Selkie. But as long as you have, uh, as long as you set the rules for whatever the scoring system is, uh, and what those basic foundations that you need underneath, anything on top of that can be whatever you want. It could be anything, so, like so I said. About yeah. a, a local game at Nottingham, so yeah. you could do anything. You know. anything yeah you can it can take place anywhere and you can set it in any setting you want so if you wanted it post-apocalyptic or if you wanted it spaced you could you could just do it well i think yeah. uh, on that uh it's uh time to uh end uh thank you so much for coming and talking to us mr dave uh always a pleasure yes, we've greatly enjoyed it haven't we uh, thank you guys you guys are great um, and I love your podcast keep oh, going oh thank you well we, we, we are very soon coming well uh, later this year we're going to be having our series 5 launch and uh, we're looking forward yes. to that aren't we Dave it's yes we fun. are and uh, I think maybe we should have a bit, bit of a get together and have a bit of a series 5 launch party or something maybe we should we should invite some of the guests that have been on our podcasts that's what we should do we might have to do that remotely, though, because uh, getting people getting people across on a plane from uh, US and Canada for a uh, geeky guy's launch party might uh, might not uh, be hundred percent successful. It might not. Yeah, it might. We could not. do it remotely. Do it all remotely with a glass of wine or something, maybe. Yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? But uh, certainly, certainly, some some more of our, our local friends that have popped on the podcast recently. Yeah, we yeah, we know. could we could do we could do that. Yeah, that'd be quite cool. Um, get photos of everybody on the set, which we're creating. Yeah, smash the champagne bottle on the set, and not after I've took all that the, time to paint it, Dave. The, no, let's not do yeah, that. Yeah, the uh, the desk it meant to, meant to look like that. I think we've uh, we smashed the bottle on it a bit. Hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not anyway, properly traditionally christen it. Yeah. No. But anyway, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and um, don't forget you can find all the information on our socials and at geekyguys.co.uk. And um, yeah, and we'll catch you uh, later on uh, with the next one. And uh, go and check out our new TikTok channel. Yes, Ooh, we just started well. it. Not much on there yet, but we, we intend to do some silly things. And I, I think people are yeah. going to look at us and go, oh dear, what are they doing? But it'll be a good laugh. So that'll be quite funny. Well, <laughs> Thanks for good. listening, guys. And we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.